Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Tate. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavidez, UFC Flyweight. Hi, this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun. Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? I'm amazing. Radio. Welcome to It's Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. With me, as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also with me this week, Lavender Gooms. Hey, Bob. Hello, sir. Finally, joining us this week, Kid Presentable. Fellas, I'm going to give some opinions on fighting. I'm not going to get to talk about that Mortal Kombat trailer, or at least hear about it from the main eventer. But uh, I mean, as we know, he... he we he wasn't going to talk about it anyways. We know Curtis Blades wasn't going to talk about Mortal Kombat in spite of my biggest dreams. Yeah. It would be weird if he did, Stefan. I'd be like, well, this is a big win, but I want to talk about a trailer for a movie real quick here. Give my five Cur- minutes. Curtis, like, you know, no. you're, you're on a winning streak. Your only losses are the number one contender. You have one fight left of your Mark. contract here. What do you think, man? <laughs> in, 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 the, in the pro wrestling biz, Mark, that's what we call a face turn. That's what we call where, where the people suddenly love him. And he becomes a beloved figure in our sport. He had an opportunity. That's all I'm saying. It would only work if he's like, look, I don't have a YouTube channel or a camera, so I got to give my react right now. So I'm going to watch this trailer <laughs> and I'm going to react to it. And you guys can post it for, you know, to, for it to go viral. Right on. Oh, you should have just when uh, he should have when they did an interview, he could have just gone, get over here. And they would have been like, we can't. It's COVID. We interview from over here. I would have enjoyed you know, that. There was no interview after the main event, right? Because this yeah, is was. the one time I was like, because I didn't, I waited. I was like, okay, let's hear what Derek Lewis has to say. No, and it was I, good. He talked about it. The thing I saw was, wait, was it in the octagon? Though? No, no, they don't, they don't do any of the octagon ones. Okay, that's, in, what, in that's what I'm Vegas. saying. Like, yeah. I was waiting, like, because no, I don't only only in a, ones. Only in Abu Dhabi do they go in the octagon. With the okay. Vegas ones, they do it on the thing. But he said, he said, well, I mean, let's get into the fight, folks. Derek Lewis looked real bad for a round. <laughs> um, it looked terrible, quite frankly. He went into this fight a plus 340 underdog. So, spoiler alert, he won. It's the biggest upset in five years, betting line, betting wise, you know. For a main event. For right. a, is it main event or period? See the station for a main event. Was it main event? Okay. Main event, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, betting line going into the second round was then plus 410 for Derek Lewis. Mm, nice. So, people thought it was going to go bad and it got worse. Um, Derek Lewis was getting leg kicked. Derek Lewis wasn't getting any punches off. Derek Lewis looked. He said it himself after the fight markets. He said that, like, I just couldn't get going, it felt like, at all. Um, he said he couldn't get warmed, warmed up in the back. He just didn't look right, quite frankly, in that first round at all, I think, personally. I mean, yeah, I thought, I, I thought, some credit due to Curtis Blaze, of course, as well. Yeah, I, I think Curtis did a really good job in that first round. I think, obviously, Derek was wary of the – not even just wary of, but being very cognizant of, of the shot coming in. And I think his whole game plan was around that shot. And Curtis Blades didn't really shoot in for the first round. You know, he did a good job picking his shots. I, Curtis Blades' stand-up has gotten a lot better. It was probably, the first round was probably one of the best rounds he had just stand-up-wise. He did a really good job of uh, getting in the pocket, getting Derek Lewis to throw these big looping punches, pulling himself back, and countering. Um, and he did that really well in the first round. You know, he's able to land good punches. He made Derek throw big haymakers that were just whiffing really bad. He completely controlled that first round. He looked really good. Um, things fell apart in the second. And uh, you yeah. saw uh, moments in the first. I mean, because to give uh, 
Lewis some credit. He did in all the exchanges in that first round. He did have one exchange where he did land a pretty good clean shot. Everything else was was hitting air. Um, and at one point in the first round, you, he did throw a knee when Curtis kind of engaged with him. So you can tell he was very cognizant of using the tools to catch somebody coming in. There wasn't a lot of opportunities in the first round. That opportunity presented itself in the second. And Derek Lewis capitalized and won the fight um, in spectacular fashion. Yeah, we got uh, a. Know. We saw Derek Lewis. Uh, we saw Curtis Blade shoot for a takedown. Derek Lewis hit him with a short uppercut. Uh, Curtis Blade is unconscious. Curtis Blade gets a couple shots at the end. By the way, I know Herb Dean has not had the greatest run in recent time, but I'm not sure this was one you can blame him for because he literally in one second stopped Derek Lewis. And Derek Lewis was still well, corking punches. Let me counter you, and I can blame Herb Dean. You know why? Because Derek Lewis told me so. Derek Lewis said, this okay, is Herb you Dean's did fault. say that. Yeah. This is Herb Dean's fault. And no, so that's why. Yeah, that's I mean, that would, I, I thought people, people were nitpicking on that one a bit. Because I'm like, what did you want him to do on that one? Like, he, he literally, yeah, like. He was, I mean, watching the fight, even when he landed that punch, you couldn't tell because of where yeah. the camera was. He, you, it was a bad view. And Herb was on the other side. So he kind of tipped over. And then, I mean, look at, in retrospect, could he have just shoved off Derek Lewis the moment he hit the ground? He could have, but. As a referee, you want to get eyes on the guy and see, like, is he out? Is he still conscious? Is this, like, a a moment where he's regaining his faculties? I mean, we know, and because, you know, we, we had a great view of it, that he was out as soon as he hit the floor. But Herb had to get that confirmation. And I mean, Derek Lewis blaming it on Herb is like, dude, you're the one with the gloves on, brother. You're the one throwing those punches. That is your decision if you want to deck the dude a couple more times. I'm not blaming him either. Like, look at you can that that that's your moment to like smash the person if you want. But. I mean, I think Derek Lewis is being funny too. And um, I did like Mike. You sent me the. I think you sent it to us, right? Or you sent it to me. I don't know if you sent it to all of us. Where you said. Where he put the Derek Lewis wrote, he's waiting for Black History Month to end so he can talk about talk about all the shit Curtis Blades talked to him before the fight. <laughs> that was a that was a good one. Um, Mike Derek Lewis said, you know, I was that was the only punch I was looking for. He said I wasn't looking for any one twos. I was looking for an uppercut off a takedown. Man got it, huh? <laughs> this, this is a man that knows his forte. He knows that the way he wins fights is by knocking people the fuck out. And he has learned different avenues on how to get that. Um, you know, I, I made a little fun of him last week in that, uh, you know, he just got his ass kicked by Volkov for, you know, 14 and a half minutes and found a way to win with an overhand, right? But um, he said that he was training, looking for that particular punch. And I take a man for his word at it, and it worked out to perfection. Um, you don't need to be perfect when you got as a, I forget what his name is. Uh, he's trained Tyson. Um, when uh, Teddy Atlas, um, you can make up for a lot of mistakes when you got the great equalizer, otherwise known as the the hand of God that Derek Lewis seems to have. Yeah, um, Steph, I'm always a little like I also feel Derek Lewis is down on himself, and sometimes it's funny. Where he says, like, when someone says you should fight for a title shot that one time, and he said, the fuck you talking about me for a fighting for a title? This time he said, doesn't really make a lot of sense for me to fight for, for a title. And I'm like, you got four straight wins. You're kind of next, I guess, if it's not John Jones. Like, what do you think? Where do we go here with Derek Lewis? He said he wants Overeem, but do we do that to Overeem? He wants to clap them I mean, cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Overeem's a nice fight for him, you know, um... He's right. It's an honest assessment. It's the same thing with 
Curtis Blades, oddly enough, win or loss. Both these guys are in no man's land. Um, it's not like Stipe is the most active guy. So let's say he beats Francis, you know, like he's not going to jump in. And John Jones is waiting in the wings. Derek Lewis, that means he's aware of the business sense. He knows what the fight game is. You know, there's not a, there's not a clear, obvious matchup for him. Just same way like Curtis Blades coming up. There's not a clear, obvious matchup for him either. Well, you know, so, um, Steph, I you can was... do the winner of this one we're going to come up with. But like I joked about it, you not even picking it. It's not a sexy fight. You know, it's not a sexy name. There's not a lot of name value in it, but it's something to stay busy with. But Overeem is a smart call out for Derek Lewis. It's the Chael Sonnen school of call outs, right? Who is the most well-known name that you think you can beat? You know, yeah, and Overeem talks some shit too, apparently. Overeem talks some shit too. Um, Derek Lewis, it's worth mentioning, and I know this was terrible. I was there, lost money somehow on both guys in this fight. Um, he's got a win over Francis Ngannou. And sure, it was maybe the worst fight we could imagine between those two people. Um, my brother still gives me shit because I told him this is going to be a banger. It's going to be the best thing we see tonight. It was awful. Mike, you got a win over Francis Ngannou. And if Francis Ngannou goes out there and beats Stipe, I'm just saying. Does he wh – what are we doing? Does he really not have a claim? I mean, that went over Francis. That feels like we entered – into like a nexus and we're spit out into an alternate reality where two different people with the exact same name and the exact same bodies were fighting but they just had no experience fighting is, is, in it, is it weird arts. mike that all the blame went to francis i know derek had a bad back but even then like it seemed like afterwards i mean dana white said some stuff too it seemed like but like it seemed like all the blame went to francis on that one which is weird i don't know i I don't think that's uh, – I think that's apt because Derek Lewis, um, he's not that aggressive of, of, of a fighter. Outside of, you know, every so often winging one of his really big shots, he seems to be a fighter that really waits more for the fight to come to him. And if Francis, as he was being gun-shy in that fight, you're not going to see much action. And – Add that to the fact that Derek Lewis did have a really bad back back then, which is probably a contributing reason why he's so into like his weight loss and his fitness now to, to mitigate his uh, his back concerns. I'm okay with putting a lot of the blame on Francis. Steph, if um, I can chime in, if well, I can I was, chime I was in on that to, point, uh, Steph, I was going to you anyway, but please add this when you're whatever you're going to say. You always bring you like to bring up that Derek is you know likes to trim down. He came in at 263. Did he say last time he was 275, cutting to 265? Or was he already there last time? Do you remember? Uh, I don't remember. I will say I thought with how bad that first round was, too, I thought he hit a wall, right? I thought that some of that great progress we'd seen, I'm like, okay, we've kind of hit the cap, right? Mm -hmm. There's a certain point where the pounds don't come off as easy anymore. He oh, don't I know like it, brother. <laughs> he, he, basically, let's say there wasn't another. It didn't look like there was another leap for him to take going into this fight. Um, but I'm not certain. I, I don't remember what his way in. But what I was going to say to the point about Francis was uh, this isn't necessarily fair. I think it's the law of fame, um, and that's the more we build someone up, the more we're waiting to tear them down. And that's what that's why Francis ate the blame on that one. Very is true. do we remember the promotion of that man going into the Stipe fight? You know, we were treating him like he was fucking Drago. We the promo was him with the breathing mask on the treadmill. It was literally the Drago surrounded by technology 
in a training montage like treatment we were giving Francis. So, you know, when a guy was built up that much and then he had a dud of a championship performance and he had a dud of a follow up to that fight, like it's it, it's it's blood in the water, right? So the sharks were swimming and raid- waiting to be like, oh, just another hype creation of Dana White. And again, not saying it's fair. That's just what happened. Yeah, um, Mar- uh, Marcus, real quick, right now, who do you want Derek Lewis to fight next? Just give us a name. Yeah, I, I thought the I think the Overing call makes a lot of sense, um, especially because it's a matchup. It's fresh. I mean, Derek Lewis has been around and he's fought in a lot of the guys in the top echelon. And I think, you know, the point Stefan made earlier about Derek not clamoring for a title shot right away is, I would hope at least, is more of a business thing and understanding the schedule and knowing that unless he wants to wait, you know, like potentially nine months or something, um, he's probably going to have another fight. And I think Overeem is, it's something, I mean, it was a fight that he was calling out before he won this fight. And, what I was thinking was like, well, when he loses to Curtis Blades, they'll both be coming off a loss. That might be a fight that makes sense. When he won, I was like, him fighting over him doesn't really make sense now in standing-wise, but it does make sense if he just needs to, to get another fight in and one that he's probably fairly confident he can win. I mean, I, And I also, I just think as a fan, I think that's an exciting fight because, I mean, Derek Lewis knocks guys out over him either gets knocked out horribly which i mean is probably the most Marcus, likely scenario in that it was a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago um you thought you you didn't want to see him go in there anymore and do you not want really go, yeah you want him to go in there against a guy who hits according to dc harder than any man else anybody else in i mean the UFC? what what i want means jack shit to what well i asked I, well, I, I asked i asked who do you want to see him fight that's why i asked I oh mean, not, uh, well i mean i wouldn't mind seeing that fight because i think it'll be fun i think over is going to fight somebody and i honestly I don't know who else he'd fight. He already beat Volkanovski. I think that is a that's another tough fight. Um, the winner, for him. Of the, well, the winner of the guy this week, huh? We could have, that we would could make have, sense too. That that would has he fought Biggie sense. Boy? Have we not done Biggie Boy versus Derek Lewis? That seems like we'd have fun I with that. Don't think so. I mean, I, I think I think that probably in the standings makes more sense. But for Derek Lewis, it's like you know, is he going to take another tough fight where he might potentially lose, or take like Stefan said, a fight where you know, on paper, it seems like he has a pretty good chance to to beat Overeem. Yeah, as, as a fan of Overeem and as someone that is worried about his longevity, yeah, uh, him fighting Derek Lewis is probably not going to go super well. Um, but I also imagine in Overeem's eyes, that's like the perfect fight. He's like, oh, a guy who's going to stand up. If I beat Derek Lewis, I'm right back into this title picture, which that's true. still would seem I- iffy, but. Outside of that, like, yeah, not a lot of names come to mind besides the two guys fighting this upcoming weekend. But I also agree with Stefan, like, Biggie Boy made a name because he beat Overeem, and that's kind of it. Cause that's he also what got murdered he's... by Nganu. That well, was... exactly. That's <laughs> yeah. what I'm saying. Like, he's a footnote in that fight. People don't remember. People remember Nganu just beat up some black guy real quick. I don't know if a lot of them are putting the two and two together because Rosenstrike is very new on the scene. Like, he kind of just exploded, as is... The opponent he's going to fight. Yeah, later Gane, week, Gane so. just beat uh, Junior, but Gane yeah. needs to. Gane, this isn't the fight that Gane becomes somebody. We're like, oh, okay, he's going to get. He's coming up. We need Gane to beat the, the fight after this one. If he wins this one, then he beats if somebody he like Derek, Derek Lewis. And beats yeah, maybe Derek, 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 maybe. Be, yeah. I mean, I forgot that he beat Junior already. To be honest, um, yeah, but Junior, his stock has, has gone down. Quite I mean, a bit, yeah, I mean, also like we got to get some. I mean, they made Nganu fight forty-five guys before he got another title shot. Curtis Blades is one fight away from being out of his contract. If I'm Bellator, if they're going to pay Corey Anderson, why the fuck wouldn't you pay uh, Curtis Blades? Like, I'm sure, the pay you know. skill's similar. Yeah, I saw today. By the way, Tim Johnson's calling for a Bellator interim title shot 
Timothy Johnson, cop mustache Tim Johnson. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, uh, okay, if Tim Johnson's the one that's right up there for a title shot, we, we're not in a rush here, Bellator. Yeah, I didn't know he was like next in line <laughs> yeah, or whatever, we, but whatever. Yeah, we can wait. Um, all right, uh, co-main event. I think we all picked Ketlin, didn't we? To win yeah. this fight. Well, we all, yeah, we like, they kind of looked like it was set up for her to, to be, to, to win. Uh, she missed weight, if I'm not mistaken. I think she um, did, yeah, a couple pounds. And then she exchanged in a fairly grappling heavy fight. But she didn't throw punches or or strikes while Yana was throwing everything while down there. And it just wasn't a good night for Ketlin overall, quite frankly. Um, the Novo Unyao product um, came out of this fight really with a lot more respect for Yana Kunitskaya, someone I probably overlooked more than I should have. Um, did you guys see this fight by chance? I did. I thought what was interesting is I, I think the fight was really contested in the last round. And... I think the hypocrisy of Bisbing's commentary kind of made me laugh a little bit where Caitlin, yeah, I mean, basically it was one round a piece because Caitlin got on top the first round. Yeah. Uh, Yana got on top the second round and the second round Bisbing's like, you can't win a fight from bottom. It's impossible. You have to get back up. You can't win a fight from bottom. Come to the third round. Yana's on the bottom. Not only she on the bottom, she got advanced on, she got mount, she got her back taken all the time. Like you said, Bobby, she's throwing punches. But what I would say is like, Caitlin on bottom was like trying submissions. There was no super like close catches, but she was working down there. Yana was throwing punches, but you getting advanced top. on. Yeah, no, I mean Yana from the bottom, both from the bottom was when oh, okay. Vera was, was on the bottom, she was going for submissions. When right, Yana was on the bottom, she's going for punches from the bottom, which aren't super effective but can be annoying. And got advanced on, right? She basically got all the way to mount and then took her back. And then Yana kind of won the fight in the last 10 seconds because she was able to reverse the back position to get in her guard and threw some heavy ground and pound and, and opened up a cut. And, you know, I think that third round is I don't I don't disparage the judges for giving it to Yana. I kind of agree. Look, as someone that has been a huge advocate of the pride scoring system where it's how you finish a fight, this is kind of a thing where it's like this person was trying to finish the fight a lot more than the other one, but when you look at UFC judging over the years, like this other girl did dominate that last round for the vast majority of it. She got on top. She advanced positions to more and more advantageous positions until the very end and, and then got smashed on. Um, so it was, I, I thought the judging was very interesting. And I was maybe even more so that it was unanimous for uh, Yana. I, I thought but so I don't besmirch it at all. Yeah, I thought or maybe think it's a I, robbery. Like, I thought Yana won, but I remember thinking, like, I could see this doesn't go well. But then, like, right. you look at some of the striking numbers were crazy. Like, Ketlin had, like, 16 strikes at some point. It was nuts. Like, the whole fight. Yeah, like, I mean, and I think the, the contrast there a lot is, like, because Yana had high numbers. But it was, like, a lot of those are on the bottom. And, like, look at you. It's not impossible to do damage from the bottom. It's very hard. I don't think a lot of her strikes were doing a lot of damage, but they're landing shots. But it's just like you can't get any weight or power. I mean, we've seen very few. I mean, sometimes you can slip an elbow and make a cut. Um, but I just I did think it was funny where Bisbing, when Vera was on the bottom, it was like, you can't win on the bottom. You're losing the fight this whole time. And I was like, well, I think Yana this thing, was losing I has argued I that get, he's one fight off the bottom. Too. I get what he's saying, and but I think like ultimately, I, I think it's wrong. You can win a fight on the bottom. It's very difficult. You have to get multiple submission catches. You have to completely dominate nah, on the bottom boss position. Style, man, you do it boss rooting style. You just hold on. And even boss was yeah. like, he just threw more punches. It was very <laughs> iffy even then. Um, um, but Yana yeah. pulled it out, and that's a big that win for her, man. And, she and that was good. Yeah, yeah, she was a big underdog if I remember correctly, and yeah. Um, Ketlin coming off of a loss, coming off of a win over Sajara Eubanks, which, by the way, if you want to Google her name and read some horror, Jesus Christ, that was a 
fucked up story. Um, but yeah, coming off of that, um, a loss here. Two of our last three now. Losses to, I to Irene Aldana and Yana Kuniskaya. Um, so we'll see what happens here. She's still 29 years old, fighting out of a serious gym there, uh, Nova Uniao. Um, but we'll see what happens here. Uh, Andre Olofsky got tapped out. And I saw that, that. That doesn't happen very often. Apparently, it hasn't happened since Josh Barnett did it. And I think that might have been the only time it happened. Am I not mis am I mistaken with that? Um, for a guy that, I mean, we're not known as not as I'm not known as some sort of grappling wizard. People don't tap Andre out. He's got two losses by submission. Thirty and twenty is kind of like he's, he's got two losses by submission. Um, I've forgotten that he was fighting. Yeah, Barnett got him with a rear naked choke, and his other submission loss was geez, how far back am I going? I can't even find it. Where the hell is it? Uh, for a second, I thought it said Brett Rogers. Um, oh, that was the second one. What am I saying? Those are the two. The one last weekend and Josh Barnett. Um, those are the two times Andre got tapped out. That was props to uh, props to the gentleman who got him, uh, Tom Aspinall. So, I mean, does it matter? Does it mean anything to beat Andre Lofsky at any level, Steph, at this point? Or is it just good for you? It's, a, it's the same thing we're talking about. Cyril Gane, right? Mm -hmm. What is a win over JDS in the in 2020? Like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see is what it, all it means now. Eddie Wineland got knocked out on the prelims. Um, oh, Eddie Wineland. Poor yeah, guy. I thought Eddie Wineland retired, honestly. Alexia Loinek got knocked out. Um, honestly, the prelims just had a shitload of knockouts. Someone won with a flying knee? Not even no one saw that. I huh? wouldn't know. I missed yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Um, shout out, by the way, to the gentleman who missed weight by eleven and a half pounds at featherweight. That was impressive. Uh, that he, was... he beat the Rumble Johnson record. Which yeah. you wouldn't think because there's a bigger gap in those weight classes. So that's why it was amazing that yeah, Rumble missed it. Percentage-wise, this is absurd. He missed by 10%. Yeah. That is nuts. Um, I mean, isn't he in the other weight class and almost didn't make that one? <laughs> yeah, that was the thing. I, when a guy misses by this bad, you wonder if like the news just didn't get to him. They're like, oh. Yeah, that, no, that's what it was, Mark, because ESPN reported it. He missed the lightweight weight class yeah. because you know, <laughs> it's like, oh, he, came in at, he came in at 157 and a half, and you're like, you're allowed a one-pound allotment, so 156 is the above weight class limit. Yeah, and he's so he still missed that. lightweight. <laughs> was this a short-notice fight, Mike? You remember yes. seeing anything? Or was it just like... I uh, know. I just um, to be to be real reckless. I just think he just fucked up badly. I don't Dude. think it was a short notice fight at all. Yeah, if a guy missed weight that badly, I think something went wrong the night before, and it's probably best that we canceled it anyway. Um, some people lost the thirty percent of their check. Other people lost twenty percent of their check for missing weight, and I don't know exactly what happened there. Um, Vegas though, so. I didn't I didn't know there were degrees to this. I just thought you I thought the UFC so has high. degrees when they do it themselves, but I thought Nevada, I mean, maybe somebody... I would kind of hope it would be like how much they're getting paid and being like, yo, you're getting a lot. 30% ain't that big a deal, but it's like, yo, you're not getting much money at all. 20% is <laughs> about to crush you, so... Yeah, uh, we're gonna, this guy's guy getting 10 and 10. 5% is fine, man. Give us 500 yeah, come bucks. Come on, he, he just give us 500 himself. bucks. It's fine. Let's uh, move on. Um, yeah, this was a couple fight card. Some interesting stuff. It ended pretty early. I think it started uh, pretty early in the day because was I watching you this with you, Mike? Because I felt it ended like we were done by like, I don't know. Was it like 11 o'clock your time? It started at 5 our time. Or, or like 10.30 your was, time or something? I think it was relatively early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, no fight of the nights, but performance bonuses to Derek Lewis, uh, Chris Dakaus, who knocked out Alexi Olenek, uh, Tom Aspinall, who tapped out uh, Andre Alofsky. 
and Aleman Zahabi, the uh, younger brother of Faraz Zahabi, um, who is now uh, two and two in the UFC after back-to-back losses. So he's two and zero with people, against people without Wikipedia pages. Zero and two people with Wikipedia pages. So we don't Makes know anything. Sense. Yeah, don't know what he would do. In general. The man is nine as a eight no against people without Wikipedia pages, so it's the way to go here. Uh, UFC's back next week. Uh, we mentioned it a couple times the Biggie Boy and Cyril Gane are going to throw down at heavyweight. A um, couple other interesting fights. Uh, we'll get to that shortly. News wise, um, didn't see a lot. I saw that we're inching closer to Usman versus Masvidal, which I guess this is happening, huh? I guess I guess we're doing this, despite nobody wanting it. Yeah, I mean, I think the only person that's upset is Wonder Boy, right? Because <laughs> I saw a YouTube video of him, and he's like, "I'm the only one that he hasn't fought. Why not fight me?" But oh well, whatever. It's um, like, okay, well, you're not making a great case. We got a replacement for um, Leon Edwards. Who Leon Edwards is going to fight Shamayev? Um, oh, right. Yeah, the fight that never happens. Yeah, and it sounded like and Usman was talking about this, where he thought that Kobe Covington made a big mistake not accepting this fight, which I actually did too because. I mean, I don't know how short a notice it is, but I feel I haven't heard Covington's name in a year and a half. He should probably fight somebody. No, 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 no. He fought, he fought during the summer. Um, Did he come back and fight I after think... he got knocked out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He came back and fought. Remember, he uh, had the post-fight interview where Usman was commentating, and he said, Usman, you're dead. And Usman just kept saying, I broke your face. I have no memory of this. Did this happen? Or is Mike having a fever dream? Like legitimately possible. <laughs> who did he fight? <laughs> um, okay, Mike, look up who he fought while we're talking. Um, gotcha. Still, I mean, okay, I guess it happened. I apologize. Um, this is what happens when I say we're not going to talk about the guy and I break my own rule. Um, instead, though, uh, shout out to Bilal Muhammad. He wants you to remember the name. That's his nickname. Bilal Muhammad stepping up to take on Leon Edwards. Leon Edwards just has to fight somebody, guys, right? At this point, like Leon has been at the top of this weight class wanting a title shot. And I feel bad for him, Steph, because I don't think they're going to give it to him, even if he hits, uh, you know, Bilal Muhammad with a Hadouken. Like, no, it's, not gonna it, it's, it's, it's really one of his problems is he has an overinflated sense of self-worth. Mm. The fans and like companies opinion of him does not match what his is. And that may or may not be unfounded, but he has treated the last year and a half like he can just wait his way into a title shot. And that is not his reality. Yeah, he's, I mean, seriously, has he been that long? He beat Dos Anjos in July of 2019. We're going to go roughly, what's going to come out to, 21 months? When, when is this fight happening? March, I think. Um, I think when he's fighting, and I like Bilal Muhammad, and he's, you know, I think he's a live dog. I wouldn't pick him to win this, but um, March 13th. So, yeah, we're going to go about 20 months without a fight in his prime when he's never been more, you know, on on his game stuff. So yeah, um, some missteps here for sure. And he and, needs uh, to stop. And, he needs to, sorry, just, just to make sure though. Not sorry to interrupt you, but in fairness, he did have a few fights. Um, you know, canceled. Like he was supposed to fight Woodley back in March of 2020. You know, that ended up not happening. Then I think what happened when they got in the had... pissing match with the UFC at one point for a couple of months? Like something happened in there, and they took him out of the rankings. They were going to cut him, or one of that. that they did. They pulled that bullshit. By the way, did this Covington fight happen? I got to know now. Yes, yeah, he fought Woodley. Um, oh yeah, shit! Woodley. I remember that. Okay, that did happen. My bad. 
Yeah, well, that one was just sad because you knew Woodley was washed at that moment already. We're like, this isn't it's fun like, for anybody. <laughs> yeah, you didn't want it just because, like, well, Woodley's washed. He's absolutely going to lose, and the shit talking's going to be terrible, and Woodley's just going to stink it up. And it, yeah, that's exactly you know, how it played out. You know how I knew Woodley was fucked in that fight? When he came into the ring, that shape up was not geometrically crisp like how it's always been. Woodley has and a nice shape like, up normally. That's true. It's much, normally pretty nice. Much like. Much like Samson, goes the hair, goes the power. All right. Did T Wood retire, or are we just gonna slowly do what we always do with fighters and just start? I don't think losing? he did. But yeah, we'll slowly run. I mean, I think I think he probably has a decent contract. He's like, let me milk some money out of this thing. It's not like I'm getting knocked out. So um, let me keep going. But yeah, Bilal Muhammad, um, who just fought, if I'm not mistaken, Bilal just coming off of a win over Diego Lima. Big step up in competition, but you win four straight. Eight of nine overall. This, you know, you deserves it, quite frankly. And um, we'll see what happens. Leaning towards Edwards, but not fighting in two years doesn't really give you a lot of confidence um, in terms of where he's at. Um, I think I saw TJ Dillashaw saying that he wants a title fight or a top five opponent. Um, I think we all pretty much resigned ourselves to top five opponent, right? I mean, Rob Bont's just sitting there. I mean, a lot of guys were calling him out like, a few months ago, I remember there was that one card where like three guys called out TJ Dillashaw, and you're like, they all sound good, whatever. Yeah, I think Corey Sandhagen and him have some sort of uh, beef or something. They used to train together, and I like I like you get these stuff and stuff in MMA where the word is in the gym. TJ used to get tooled by Corey Sandhagen, which I'm like, okay, we heard the same thing about Burns and Usman. That didn't work out so well, but I feel like I feel like TJ should be punished and not get a top five guy. Like he should get like. I mean, look, how many times did John Jones come off a suspension into a title fight? Yeah, that's John Jones, though. I mean, I think a punishment <laughs> is fighting a top five guy after you haven't fought for two years. It's kind of like I, 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 I like the rose. I think I think Corey Sandhagen already deserves a title shot. I don't know if he can get it if, if Aljamain Sterling wins. Quite frankly, just because he just lost to him, but I think I think I like the Rob Bond idea, Steph. I know you're a big Rob Bond guy. I think him and TJ put on a good fight. That seems like a good one to go with. I mean, I like it because it gives Rob Font the stage. Um, uh, that's a guy I like who's going to propel. But, you know, I can't remember who else it was. It was someone with – there were some other guys with higher name value where I'm like, ah, shit, Rob's not going to get it because this higher profile guy called I'm, – I'm already blanking on who it was. But if it was Rob Font, I would love it because, like you said, Rob is my dude, and that's his potential stepping stone to look, getting in the type of just give, Just make it so TJ Dillashaw has to beat Dominic Cruz. He still didn't beat Dominic Cruz. TJ Dillashaw got taken down four times by Dominic Cruz coming off of a two-year ACL injury. Give him Dominic Cruz. I'm here waving that flag on to Dominic. I'm sure his he would love it. I think that's a fight that TJ's wanted, too. Dominic's it, fighting it, some, somebody. Tough. We're going to see it. Yeah, I think this weekend he's fighting, right? Is it this is weekend? Is it this next? weekend? Because if so, I need to readjust um, what we're picking. Okay, no, it's next weekend. He's okay. on three limbs, I think. I he's fighting say, some he's guy fighting nobody's ever weekend, heard of. Like, he's not, he was fighting this weekend. And he's we pick him. I'm picking Dominic right now, then. Dominic lost to um, the champ, right? The current champ. Jan? No, uh, 35 no, champ. He yeah. lost to... Um, th no, I think he last lost he to lost Cejudo. No? Was a head oh, he hasn't fought since that? Yeah. This, is not, this isn't bad at all. This is a good card next weekend. I mean, shit, three title fights, huh? Okay, hard to complain. Yeah, it's, it's a stacked pay-per-view. Yeah. They're trying on that one. <laughs> God, I like it. There's one that they try, and then there's one they just don't try. All <laughs> right? Um, whenever that time. happens, I'm like, can't we move one title fight so it's just two? 
you know like does what this was one the last be free, one and then this other one should be free and, you know like yeah usman was, couldn't usman. can usman get some fucking help can he get like i mean i don't know amanda's is like dealing with like having a new kid one of these three fights man can we get one of them they couldn't sucker figurito into another fight <laughs> like what happened yeah, there um i think that's happening in april by the way that rematch um of that super right. fun fight quite frankly all right um the only thing else I saw was uh, John Jones doing like a Make a Wish, which was really nice. Good to see. Mandatory or not? No, I don't think. Those are, I don't think those are, <laughs> are you I don't sure? Know. sure? Yeah. Is it court ordered or not? Those, shout those shout outs to the kid that requested John Jones, though, because like here's John Jones just being a villain in life what? time after time, and the kid's like, you know what I want? I want John Jones. Well, in fairness, I, mean, I shouldn't have said Make a Wish. I saw him. It was him like doing like a fake grappling thing in the cage with um someone whose special needs it looked like. But the guy was having okay, a ball. Just assuming though. the child is terminal, Bobby. Is that I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the. Child. I don't know what the version of that is, which isn't uh, Make a Wish. <laughs> like, right. You know? But that, that that does bring in a better light because I think if you're terminal and you're in a hospital bed, like having John Jones with you, like what are you guys going to talk about? Well, what do you yeah. have possibly in common? You guys, yes, uh, Robert Downey Jr. He's going to bring you an Iron Man helmet. You're going to have a good time. John Jones comes. Mm-hmm. You're like. Want to see me bench something? I guess. Like I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do with this guy. Didn't, uh, John, Jones, didn't um, John Jones once say in a Bruce Lee documentary that like you can beat the weakness out of somebody? Mm-hmm. Oh, so you just beat up the kid until yeah, he's yeah, yeah, a lot of ego, and now he's cured. Um, uh, just, real quick, I just want to do a quick side tangent since uh, we're talking about Bad Make a Wish. Uh, it was one of my favorite scenes of the Boys mm-hmm. season one. But do y'all remember when the Make a Wish kid wanted the Invisible Guy, but then the <laughs> the flash speedster guy shows up yeah, he's that like, was great. what are you doing here he's like uh, he's like i can teach you how to run real fast can you teach me to outrace cancer <laughs> you see all the facebook views are just dropping and count and people are like talking shit and i'm like that's just a beautiful scene in a tv show that's all that's all i wanted to say um we also got the news that invicta fc is no longer going to be on the fight pass so oh that's a death um, note I don't know. Was anybody, is anybody out Fight Pass? Let's see if we can get it on ESPN Plus, man. Can we get it on ESPN? Or oh, get that'd it on, be cool. Or maybe, I mean, this isn't, I mean, they were on Fight before, right? Is it ceasing to exist? Um, or what think, they should do, Bobby, is um, they do that WWE thing where they just uh, tape the Invicta matches after the card and they call it 205 Live the way yeah. uh, WWE does. And so just include it in, but it's not broadcast. Um, I don't think Invicta's done a show during the pandemic, have they? Why would I don't know? I haven't been keeping my finger close. Um, they used to do pay per views on Fight TV, which is, I think Fight TV is probably more well known for wrestling at this point. But they still are kind of the like combat sports, for lack of a better term, independent platform. Um, which is a good one, quite frankly. I mean, Mark and I used it one time; worked fine. It held up on some, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like a lot of yeah. Like I think doesn't bare knuckle boxing. Bare knuckle does it. If I mean AEW does it, if you want to watch it commercial free, it's like five bucks. People people like fight quite a bit, and there's always some sort of promo thing. I'd like it on. They got on ESPN Plus as a ESPN Plus subscriber. That'd be nice. Um, I don't know if Bleacher Report's got a subscription thing. Maybe they can get on there, but hopefully they end up somewhere because um, it's important that they exist as the UFC continues to raid their talent pool every. Yeah. You know, every <laughs> like Vikings, time. they wait for the for the yeah. stock to come back in, and it's like, okay, we'll take the best. Uh, Kevin Lee wants Tony Ferguson. Which I feel we saw that fight, and yeah. Kevin Lee won the first round, but Kevin Lee had staff or something. Right, just wait, or the- that was when it was extremely noticeable that dude had staff. Yeah, and we're like, doctor. we're like, well, he's winning, but he's got staff, and then he lost the rest of the fight. He got finished, yeah. but 
That was the best Kevin Lee ever looked to me. Was him winning that first round against Tony Ferguson. I'm like, Kevin Lee's gonna win this shit. Um, I like that fight though. Yeah, I'm, I'm, Tony Fer- I'm, I'm not sure if Tony Ferguson wants that fight. I'm not sure which one of them is more on their ass though. Tony lost two fights. But. Yeah, they they were they were rough losses too for Tony. So yeah. I don't know. Whoa. Tony got Tony who, looked who did, like a little who old. Kevin, who did Kevin last lose to? I feel to a lot of people. Um, uh, he's he lost did. three of his last four. Most recently, uh, Charles Oliveira. Kevin or who hasn't lost to that guy? Or Kevin. Tony? Oh, that's to Tony. Did Tony lose to Charles also? Uh, that yeah, to- that, that's where Charles came up as like the Tory ge- Taurus genie and had like the performance of his career. I'd like to see Kevin Lee bounce back against someone the fact that he's three and four he beat a prospect uh, gregor gillespie with a great head kick but before mm-hmm. that he lost That's to right. uh dos años and ally aquinta um kevin lee needs to bounce back his stock is way down that that aquinta one i thought was interesting because he talked a lot of shit and al was just so confident he's like i like the way al, al talks like he's an old man always he's like i'm gonna beat this kid's ass and i'm like aren't you the same age as him al <laughs> what's going on um what's al up to Come on, let's get out. I enjoy. Alan Holmes, baby. I, I, yeah, Al, I, the pandemic real estate. Al's out here making moves. People trying to flee the city. I get it. Um, he hasn't fought since October 2019. It's a man treating the pandemic seriously. Um, all right. Um, let's pick some fights. And I say some. We're picking two, but we already picked a third one. Um, they moved Jimmy Rivera and uh, Pedro Munoz to this card. Um, I apologize. I didn't send the betting odds out for this thing at all. Um, but let me pull them up. Steph, you try to get them up too if you can. Um, I have them. I got them. Okay. What is uh, what is Munoz and do we have Munoz and Rivera on this one? The betting yeah, odds. Yeah, I think you said, uh, Mike. We all unanimous. Oh, miss on Rivera, but it is kind of a coin flip fight of minus one forty five Jimmy Rivera plus one twenty five Pedro Munoz. Who wants to change their pick? Who's got some cojones? Yeah, neither of them had COVID. One of their cornermen did. So. Anybody want to? Everybody, everybody that confident in Jimmy Rivera? I'm sitting here a couple weeks later. Like, my problem, Bobby, is if you send me a photo of three fighters, I can't tell you which one of them Pedro Munoz is. That's true. I know what Jimmy Rivera looks like. He's balding. Um, he's got a beard and he's balding. <laughs> he's young man balding. Um, yeah, I'm sticking with Jimmy. You guys all sticking with Jimmy? Yeah. Whatever I'm reasons I had a couple weeks ago, me. still staying. Yeah, Mike's picking the New York kid, right? Come on now. Um, I believe that's what I said. Yeah. All right, we're picking um, Magomed Ankalov versus Nikita Krylov, a.k.a. Um, Al Capone, a.k.a. he had a much dumber nickname after he got serious about MMA. I forgot what it was. Um, betting line for this one. Let me tell you, man, people see that word name Magomed, and they know you mean fucking business, right, Steph? That's what it means. <laughs> uh, based on the betting line, yes, because Magomed is a minus 340 favorite to Nikita's plus 280. How much of this is we just hope that motherfuckers at 205, these new guys, are just going to be, like, good? I mean, he's on a five-fight winning streak in the UFC. His only losses he got, he lost to Paul Craig. And Mark, assume how do you lo- how do you lose to Paul Craig? Well, I did. I do see it right here. It oh, was okay. triangle choke, but that's, that's how you would <laughs> probably guess. If I yeah, that's how Paul Greg wins fights. Um, Magomed um, is from Dagestan. Uh, he's part of. He was part of the Ahmad fight team, which I think is the fight team where you're getting money from a dictator. Um, he's no longer part of that team. I'm sure. His, I'm sure his manager is still Ali Abdelaziz. Um, five straight wins. Uh, four of them finishes. Knockout over Marcin Pracino. Decision over Keatson Abreu. We're getting to names we know soon. Um, knockout of Dalcha Lungamilu. Okay. And then he beat Ian Kusilaba <laughs> twice. Um, 
Because we had to see it a second time. That was that fight. And then I think someone got COVID a couple times. Eon did, right? We had to keep delaying that fight. Um, Nikita Krylov, um, we kind of, you know, the fun of him going on that run there outside the UFC. We came back to the UFC. Two and two. Wins over OSP and Johnny Walker. Losses to Jan Blachowicz and Glover Teixeira. Not necessarily the worst people to lose to. Um, Mike? Magomed's a big-ass favorite here. What do you got? <laughs> Uh, you know me, I don't like going against fate and I don't like going against the odds. And in addition to that, um, he's on a very good run in the UFC. And in addition to that, I'm hoping for some of that Dagestani rub, you know, anyone who's kind of in some way tangentially related to Habib, you know, I'm gonna look for Yeah, maybe if Habib's there, he can be browbeaten by Dana White again about, you know, fighting. Um... And Mike's not picking against the favorite when he's in first place at some point here. I mean, I'm in first. That's not really saying much. I'm the only one that has a 500 record. Uh, I got Magomed. Steph? I'm like this tempted to make it interesting, guys. I'm so <laughs> tempted right now. I'm so tempted. I think and, the main event might be interesting. <laughs> oh, God. Come back to me. Let, let Mark pick. Let Mark make it a complete sweep before I make it interesting. No, so I'm, I'm going to make it easy for her because I'm just going to take the stupid pick. Because, like, like Mike said, the minor, the minor, Nikita Krylov. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Krylov. Um, there's not a lot of like analysis going on here. I mean, I will say like he's been fighting tougher competition for a lot longer. He's got a lot more fights. And the the one thing that maybe pushed me over the edge is he has won by submission 15 times, and Maglamed did lose once by submission. So. And mostly, I'm gonna make exciting stuff. You don't have to. We don't have to split it if you're not, you know, taking me on that. But man, what kind also, of Pakistani getting tapped out off bottom? What the hell? What, I, don't, what I, don't, I can't <laughs> trust these numbers anymore because last week I played by numbers and I got screwed big time. So I don't. I don't trust the bookies anymore. So I'm going uh, against Ketlin, the grain. Ketlin really burned us last week. Yeah, she really did. And then even uh, Curtis played. So I don't trust the bookie. I'm going against the grain. That's true. At heavyweight, it doesn't always matter the line. Heavyweight things can swing wildly um, of all the weight classes. But uh, your time, the Dagestan, we've already had the Dagestani pushback, Bob. It turned out that Habib was really the only true diamond among them. A lot of That's them have fair. dropped fights at this point. Um, so there, there is a little shine there. But because Mark made it interesting, um, you know, we'll, we'll keep it safe here uh, and go with the massive favorite. But for your reasons, he he does have a higher level of competition. And when you're like, when you read his two losses, Bobby, are Glover and Jan, I'm like, well, that's the two best light heavyweights yeah, in the world. So well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, wait, the, the best two light heavyweights in the UFC because we all know Bellator got Rumble and Rumble knocked out Glover in like 14 seconds. <laughs> all right. So Glover's number two at worst. <laughs> I mean, Anthony's, I mean, Rumble's number two at worst. Um, other one we're picking here, but let I me mean, before actually before I do that, there's a couple of interesting fights on this thing. Just to point them out, Angela Hill, Ashley Yoder, Marcus, that's not bad. We got some stuff going that, on there. Yeah, that literally just got that just got added the, like two days ago. Yeah, we have a lot can, of. Can, ahead, here's Dad. my commentary on that fight. Um, speaking of crazy lines, Angela Hill is a minus three two five favorite. She should okay. not be that big of a favorite Look, over anybody. I like Angela like, Hill I a really lot. Like yeah. Hill. That is. <laughs> That is a that is crazy talk that she is a minus three two twenty five favorite. Like, you know, let me tell you, if I if I didn't like her and I had twenty dollars, I never wanted to see again. I might be throwing something on Ashley Yoder. I'm just saying. All right, um, Bruce Leroy coming back. I feel he just fought. I feel we saw Bruce I Leroy. So too. I thought fight. he just lost recently, and I was like, well, that's too bad. 
Um, I could be mistaken. Tiago Moraes, Alexander Hernandez, Alexis Davis coming back into the octagon. Um, just Dustin Jacoby. Isn't he in glory? Wasn't he in glory? Didn't he go to glory and win some fights? Am I crazy here? Um, I don't know. I thought he did. Uh, Cowboy Oliveira lost his opponent. I saw that. Uh, just happened. Yeah, Jacoby was uh, out there. Uh, I thought he was doing kickboxing. Yeah. He was out there at glory. He was the glory. Uh, he won a tournament. Uh, two tournaments, I guess. So anyway, back in the UFC off of the Contender Series. So, all right. The main event, the biggie boy. Um, the most famous UFC fighter to fight out of Suriname because we are yet to get our boy. I've already forgotten his name. Good Lord. Help me out, Marcus. The guy, the kickboxer. Um, he was, he got leg kicked, broke his leg. Uh, he sprung? fought over him. Yeah. Isn't he also Aaron from Suriname? Isn't he also from Suriname? I, I'm not saying the name of that place right either. Maybe. Um, <laughs> my, my, my I thought he was, what happened to that dude? For not. a hot minute, he was going to come to MMA. I don't know what happened there. He was yeah. going to do MMA boxing and kickboxing. Yeah. He, he talked about it. I, didn't, I don't think it panned out. <laughs> Goken kicked him right in the fucking leg. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> um, the biggie boy bounced back from Francis Ngannou, murdering him in 20 seconds. For him to knock out Junior Dos Santos. Cyril, he's 11-1 overall with 10 knockouts. A one win by decision. And that was a split to somebody in Ryzen. Didn't know they had Ryzen. They had Biggie Boy in Ryzen. Cyril Gane from France. He is 7-0. Seven finishes. Three knockouts. Three submissions. One decision. Decision win over Tanner Boser. Um, last win over Junior Dos Santos. I'm actually, I've been, I'm not looking. What is, I'm curious. What is the betting line? This could go anyway in my head. Uh, it's bigger than I thought. Um, Gane is as big as a minus 300 favorite, but for our betting odds, he is minus 265 to Biggie Boys plus 225, and I did not see that coming. Yeah, um, we're using the five dimes one, right? Yeah, five dimes yep. generally has the most lines and always has the earliest lines, it seems like, with these fights. I was, I'm leaning Gane, I'll be honest with you. But I am not confident. I mean, this is heavyweight, as you mentioned. A lot of betting odds don't mean anything. We just watched a guy win off of being plus 340. And Biggie Boy hits real hard. Um, I think people are still not forgetting that Biggie Boy lost four rounds and four four rounds and four minutes and 45 seconds of a fight to Alistair Overeem. Um, and then he got murdered by Nganu. And no one has any faith in Junior Dos Santos, it appears to be. Gane, outside of beating Junior Dos Santos, though, those aren't names. Um, a lot of it seems to be a lot of hype. He's 30 years old, which is a baby at heavyweight. I'm thinking Gane. I'm not that I'm not that confident. That betting line is insane to me, Steph. What do you think? <laughs> um, well, if Mark wants to have a favorite, I'll eat the bullet on the underdog in this one. I'm going Biggie Boy. Um, I think you pointing out that he won after losing so much shows. He's got power late. Um, he has power throughout this fight. Uh, Gane is undefeated. I don't know much about him. Uh, he's pretty jacked, and that's not always the best at heavyweight. Um, as we've seen, big muscles tire early. Just look at that, uh, the Brazilian guy who gassed bad in the first round, and that's all Joe talked about. It's like, look how muscular this guy is. Look how muscular this guy is, and now look how tired he is. Um, he might win. He might, you know, he, he might be a prospect, but in my head, I call it uh, call it xenophobia. But I got this thing in my head that tells me no French MMA champions. 
The French are just not going to be the MMA champions. Gane is not going to be the leader of the French MMA movement. This is all just hyperbole on my end, um, but I'll go with Big Look, Boy. Look, if He's Ryan Bader... If Ryan Bader stopped cheating against Czech Congo, we already have a French heavyweight, a French champion, all right? Yeah, if he no. stopped cheating. The French, <laughs> the, the French do badly in one world war. and They have a reputation for being bad at combat. Mike, you might not remember, there was a tough season where a certain French fighter, he had one mission in life. It was to prove that the French aren't pussies, in his words. He goes into the tough fight. What happens after the first round? He quits. He doesn't answer the bell. He's like, I'm done fighting. I didn't get subbed in this oh, fight. Shit. I'm quitting between rounds, but I wanted to prove the French aren't pussies. Yeah, do you guys so, remember... Sorry, go ahead, Steph. Continue. Sorry. No, I'm just saying. These things stick in my head. Like I said, it may be fair, unfair, but this is what's sticking in my head right now. I saw a random clip come up on my YouTube feed of uh, the time GSP was coaching tough. Oh, it's not random. It happened because I watched a clip of GSP picking the fucking teams with cost check. That's why it happened. You're watching that clip uh, again for the million. Yeah, I, I, dude, I, it makes me so happy. Every time I watch it, I think not every time, but every second time, I definitely send it to Mike. And then Mike never complains, and Mike's happy to see it too. Um, it was when GSP brought that French kickboxer who was yeah. drunk yeah. and like smoking cigarettes, and he showed up in like sweatpants. And then, like, um, Cody, I think, remember Cody McKenzie, the guy with the, the, the guy from Alaska with the guillotine? He's on that season, and Cody's like, Stu's awesome. He just showed up and knocked all of us out, drunk. <laughs> and there was, there was stuff from Tough. I actually, as much as I don't like it now, and the thought of Usman and Masvidal coaching a season, at least, fuck, at least it gives me time to convince myself that fight's a good idea, whether they go, just go away. Um, there was moments like that where I actually kind of enjoyed that show. There was stuff here or there where I'm like, you know, like when Rampage and Forrest played uh, horse, and that one guy said, Ram "Rampage said I'm the only black black guy who can't play basketball," and then the other guy, as someone else said, "Forrest shoots like Larry Bird in his prime," and Rampage <laughs> got worked. <laughs> that was a good season because there was literally no animosity between Forrest and Rampage. <laughs> they were just having a good time. Um, yeah, is is tough going to be on TV? No, right? Like it can't be. ESPN is not putting that on actual TV, right? I mean, where where else would it be? Like, you think it's plus? just going to exist, like, in the ether? I think plus, right? That's not going to be a real Fight TV. Fight Pass, maybe? I don't know. You don't think ESPN Plus? No, that's got to be a, 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 a an ESPN Plus thing. That's what I said, ESPN Plus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like an on-demand thing. Like, you can't have that as, like, appointment watching because no one wants to see that shit. Okay. Moving on. Um, That's it, right? Did we all pick? Mike, did I ask you to pick? Yeah, sorry. Uh... And I no, didn't either. and actually, oh, I, I, I actually kind of spaced out. So I yeah, we got off the rails. Thing. I'm sorry, there, guys. Okay, Mike, who you got, Gane or uh, or Biggie Boy? Uh, I've got Gane, and to push back on what Steph said, uh, Montreal, Canada, very French. You know, oh, native we got language there. I is French. <laughs> right, right. Native language is French. There uh, is so Mike. I'm gonna stop you right now. There is a massive difference between. French Canadian and France. French Canadian is its own thing. Yeah, they're all <laughs> hockey players in France made in Canada, man. Those people are just are fighting for fun. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. I got I got shut down pretty quick. Um, I'm gonna go with Ghana. There's times, Steph, where I wonder if we should tell Mike to go back and watch Czech Congo pre pre what Czech Congo became. Remember when Czech Congo was just fucking people up? Like, he was just knocking people out. Well, one of the most horrifying ones is uh, Chet Congo's knockout of a friend of the podcast, Pat Barry. 
that Ooh. even uh, Brittany had to look away in sheer horror just because of that uppercut from hell. Um, yeah, Congo, you know, he looked like a thing. He looked like he was going to be a thing. Um, all right, Marcus, what do you think, man? Yeah, I'm around out with uh, Gane. Um, I think Steph made some good points about, you know, it, this fight going into the later rounds, you know, it could look very different. Um, what I was most impressed with with Gane, you know, especially with his kickboxing background, which he also excelled at, a lot of submissions and like oh, not, yeah. not, not your garden variety. You got a fucking heel hook. Like, that's weird. It's weird to have a striker that has gotten that many submissions. So it does, it, it does seem to me that he is able to, if he hurts you, to find a way to finish it without, you know, just doing a ground and pound. So I thought that was interesting. I don't know if it's going to play into this fight, but I, I do think this fight is going to be interesting. I, I think it's worth watching um, come Saturday, as much as we've kind of begrown this card. Um, you know, looking the at the last two cards, the last two cards could have been one really good fight night. Yeah, those I mean, two together. You know, looking at this and some of the other fights you mentioned before, like this card doesn't seem too bad. We don't have a lot of interest in like picking a lot of these fights, but like there's some name value. But you know, we'll see. We'll see how many of these I actually go back and watch. It's one but, of these things where you could have put LFA as a title instead of UFC, and people would have just have no interest in watching it. It would have been a great LFA event. <laughs> Not like that Kraus one where Kraus was the main event and people were shitting on it. And Luke Thomas is like, this could have said UFC. You, all you assholes would have watched. Um, did you, you see this dude's uh, uh, kickboxing, a Muay Thai record, Marcus, in, up here? Do you recognize Gane? any of these names? Yeah, do you recognize any uh, of these names? No, I didn't recognize the names. I just saw it. Like he won all of them, so that's, that's something. Yeah, seems like it. Um, all right. Um, that's it. Let's talk about some uh, stuff we like. Um, I got to think about what I like. It's a weird statement. Mike, you start off, though. Talk about, let's oh, talk about man. the chamber. Did you enjoy the chamber, Mike? I really you know, okay. Th thank <laughs> you for saying, thank you for giving me something, because normally, um, to give you guys a little behind the scenes, uh, I am currently podcasting from my phone because RIP, my very expensive Yeti, died in less than two and a half years. Um, but normally during this time, I'm looking on my phone and like, what the hell did I watch in the last week? You know, because it's normally the last 20 minutes of the podcast where I started like, all right, well, what's the stuff I like? Well, what have, what have I been watching? So I can get some inspiration. But I'm currently using my phone to podcast, so I can't do any of that. So to harp on what you said, Bobby, uh, Elimination Chamber was okay. I, it was okay. I was entertained um, by the parts I was paying attention. <laughs> um it, it wasn't anything too memorable um i was playing last of us 2 um while i was watching it it wasn't it wasn't horrible but it wasn't anything that really grabbed my attention as i've gotten back into wrestling i've realized that there are pay-per-views and then there are pay-per-views and oh, to this... me elimination chamber is kind of like a it, it's a just a, a hyped up smackdown or, or raw you know there's Maybe five you'll see a title change hmm? there's five of them Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, SummerSlam, Survivor Series, maybe Money in the Bank. That fifth one's questionable. They should bring back yeah. King of the Ring. Just saying. But there's really, I mean, when we were kids, there was only four. When, I mean, by the time Slam, we got into it. WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, and Survivor, Survivor Series. Survivor. Yeah, well, yeah. actually, when we were, by the time we were watching, there, there was one every month. But we all recognized, like, there was It four. was. Um, Survivor Series isn't one of them anymore. Uh, I would yeah, say Money in the it. Bank. Money in the Bank is the big one. The problem with Survivor Series is this now, is they do these brand versus brand things. So in that month of Survivor Series, everything that happens on those shows pauses. 
and all these guys who have storylines with each other, they all have to be friends because they're taking on this other brand. But then at the end of it, there's no stakes or consequences. Raw wins. What does it matter? SmackDown wins. What does it matter? It's always a month after the draft too, where I'm just like, "Bitch, you were just on that other show." Yeah, and that, that's the other. Aren't you all from NXT anyway? That's all of you from NXT and Ring of Honor. That's what it is. <laughs> so I think Money in the Bank has become their big one now with that briefcase cash in. Um, and I was saying, you guys aren't hyped. That real world participant, Mike Mizanine, is the WWE champion. Honestly, I, mean, I like the Miz. I, I, I feel we're about two years late because, like, there was a couple years ago where the Miz was on top of it. Like, he was hitting on all cylinders. Man, that would have been the time to do it. I'm not that I care. Whatever. He's a heel. They need heels, heel champions. You know, what's his name can come back, beat him. It'll be good times. But I mean, it's he's you know he got a sneaky win. That's cool. I don't exactly understand the storyline though, because it seems like it set up a feud with Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, and neither of those people have the belt. So I'm not really clear about what they're doing here. So, but you got Bobby you wins it off the... of the Miz in the next one. And then Bobby fights McIntyre at WrestleMania. Why are they doing Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar? Why haven't we done that in any sport? What are we doing? Like, come on, let's just do it. Come on, they're big and jacked. Let's come on. Why not? (laughs) That seems like the easiest one. They're both like 40 years old. What are we waiting for? (laughs) For crowds so they can afford Brock Lesnar's salary. They need to go to Abu Dhabi like the UFC did with Connor. You get a crowd that way. All right. (laughs) Um, I, there was no women's money in the bank. Um, you mean elimination two, chamber? No, I mean, elimination chamber. No. And they kind of nuked the one of the men's ones served no purpose. It seemed like at all. That would be but, the SmackDown one where Daniel Bryan wins it. I mean, it, 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 the Raw and the SmackDowns Money in the Bank essentially have the same premise, where the person who wins the elimination chamber is so bad, so so battered. That when the person comes in to challenge them for you know whatever the title is, um, you know they lose. Well, um, that, it it's kind of it kind of plays Brian. back to like, well, the famous moment of like this like Money in the Bank became like a cool thing for everybody was that Cena just won Elimination Chamber. This is like ten years ago, maybe longer, twelve years ago. Cena just won it, was bleeding like a fucking stuck pig, and then Edge came out with his briefcase like a piece of shit, speared him twice, and was champion. That's kind of where the whole like being like uh, you know a money in the bank money in the bank scumbag came from all that shit. So, um, it was okay though. Yeah, that's all you got though. Elimination chamber. I take it. That's all I got. Um, I finished Spider Man. Um, I had done all the side missions too. Oh, Bobby, um, believe me, I know I, you're barely ever on PlayStation, but all I see is look at all these trophies that Bobby Rajavi has unlocked on Spider Man, and I'm like, oh, I, 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 I'm having a good time. I went and looked. I'm just like, I have more spiders than all three of these guys. All right. I think I've got spiders. More trophies than all three of these guys. <laughs> and I was like, all right, I've done enough here. Um, I didn't earn that one upgrade because I didn't do well enough on some of the challenges. Because fuck, man, I, I don't move that quick. I'm trying to ca- go quick. The Taskmaster's a real dick about them. Um, Bob, when you start miles, it'll happen the same thing. It's just like, did I get the bare minimum to unlock the ability? That's fine. I don't got to get that gold part medal. Of me, part of me is like, I should go get Miles Morales. And the other part of me is like, I brought Red Dead with me, Red Dead 2. And I brought, uh, I told Mark this, um, Watch Dogs 2 with me. Because um, that's just what, I, and I think I grabbed Madden, but that's not, you know, the same shit. I can throw that in whenever. My Madden is from 2K15 too. The last one where Kaepernick's in the game. And good. <laughs> you know, that's the nice. last one. <laughs> it makes me happy to play that thing. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, and then like that's why I was asking Mark. I'm just like, hey, if I buy Miles, this is how I end up with a fucking PS5, man. I did try briefly, and I'm like, oh, they're all gone. Okay, <laughs> that was quick. But I was like, if I buy Miles Morales, can I play it on a PS5? What are the rules here? Um, they give me, but I can do that. And they come, they give me a Just Cause game for PS5. Come on now, um, that's all I'm looking for. Uh, but yeah, I, I beat that, and um, there was some. Oh, I started watching. Um, the OJ show, because it was on Netflix, and I've already seen it. I watched the first couple episodes. I forgot how much I enjoyed that show on FX. Um, Are we I don't talking know the, um, the, the, the one that's the dramedy one? That's the one. My brother comes in my room and says, you're watching the Schwimmer one? I'm like, yeah. He's like, good. <laughs> um, do you I watch mean, that I, one? I, I, yeah, because I, I, it, it's so schlocky and terrible, but the reason I appreciate it is they gave an origin story for the Kardashian children being shitty. Like oh, they, yeah. gave, they gave them an origin story. It's they all go to a restaurant, and then one of the children remarks, oh my god, they let us cut to the line, and we got to sit at this really nice table. <laughs> wow, being famous is awesome. And then they just start chanting Kardashian. And I'm like, oh, we're going in on this. We're just giving them a whole, yeah. this is how it happened, ladies and so gentlemen. So I, uh, and I'd like, I previously watched the show, obviously, and it is kind of over the top, but some of the stuff you're like, oh, it couldn't have happened like that. And then I read the book that the show is based on, which is uh, Jeffrey Tubin wrote the book. Jeffrey Tubin's a serious writer. And I remember reading the book, uh, uh, and then I was like, oh, shit. A lot of this nonsense really happened? Okay. Um, <laughs> it really did. Okay. Um, it's not as, look, the OJ show is the FX one, American Crime Story, I think it's called. I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, it's not as, like, a comprehensive as that ESPN five-part, five-hour OJ Simpson thing they did, which was insane. Um and very well thought out, but, and, you know, very well researched. This was more like, all right, here's Cuba Gooding Jr. as O.J. Simpson and Ross from Friends dancing in the club um, as O.J. and Robert Kardashian. Cool. Here's John Travolta with some of the worst makeup I've ever seen playing Robert Shapiro. Fun fact, my dad sat next to Robert Shapiro at the 1994 World Cup and made a, a joke about O.J. Simpson. And Robert Shapiro half smiled, probably thinking, this guy's annoying me. Why is he here? Um... Yeah, it, that shows. It's you know, it's fun to watch. It's weird to say about a show about a double murder, but it's entertaining. Everybody in it is kind of over the top, but it's cool. That's what I got this week, Steph. What do you got? Um, yeah, I got a few things, uh, but I'll start with one we all enjoyed. Um, that was the uh, Mortal Kombat trailer that dropped. I'm pretty fucking excited about that. Hopefully, my uh, HBO Max connection keeps that subscription into the month of April because that's coming up pretty soon. Um, it's pretty much everything I wanted. I will say there's one thing that everyone seems to universally be making fun of in the trailer, and that's the really uh, janky bit of dialogue where Jask asks about the birthmark on the guy, because the guy goes, that's a birthmark. What does that mean? It means he was born with it. Because, yeah, that's some... I want this movie to be cheesy. That's some weird dialogue, though. <laughs> like, we had a, we have a scene where we explain to Jax what birthmarks are, but um, it looks really fun. Uh, Maximilian Dude, a guy Mark and I pointed out, it's nitpicky, but I kind of agreed with him. Um, when you hear Scorpion yell, get over here, they kind of should just play the Ed Boon version of it. It's like the Wilhelm scream, 
they play the soundbite. It's not every actor doesn't do their version of the Wilhelm scream, you know? So you're just so iconic to hearing get over here in a very specific voice that I wouldn't mind it if they just use it as a soundbite. Again, that's a real video game nerd nitpick, but um, it looks like it's going to be fucking brutal and it looks like it's going to be cool. And that's why we really love the original one is it was, there's not a lot of depth in the story of Mortal Kombat. Let's be real. We just want to have fun with it. And this movie looks like it's going to be fun. Um, so I'm excited in that regard. Uh, my next bit of recommendations, it's, you know, Mark, Bobby, feel free to tune out. I know I'm basically talking to Mike here. Um, I watched a lot of fucking anime on the on Sunday. Um, and so we're going to start with, uh, I watched um, the we're movie. We're going to start with. All right. I'm exactly. like, I'm we're start with. Here we go. I'll try to be a little quicker with them. So no, it's okay. I, watched... I just, I didn't see you going with, we'll start with. It got me <laughs> off guard. Uh, so there's a, a a comedy series called Konosuba. Um, it had two seasons. Mike has delved into the isekai genre. That's the whole person dies, whatever, gets transported to a video game world. This is a parody. This because all the characters are kind of shitty. Um, when you see how the main character dies in the opening episode, you'll kind of get what the tone is uh, of the I, whole I series. The first, I watched the first episode. It was pretty funny. Yeah, so it's it's an incredibly funny series. It leads to a movie. Um, I'd seen it before, but I was watching it again for fun. Um, but that led me to the next movie I watched. So a long time ago, I recommended a rom-com. Mike, I don't know if you ever got around to it because the title might have just been too much for you. It is called Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And, <laughs> and it sounds ridiculous. It, it's kind of your teen like rom-com show. But it's got a kind of quantum physics paranormal aspect to it. That is the kind of the that's the kind of rub on it where um, certain events kind of create these cross universal issues. What's up, Mike? If if I may, could you say that title one more time for those in the back? It is Rascal Does Not Dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. And will there be a bunny girl senpai in the show? Yes, there will be. And Mike, her name is Mai Sakurajima. And if you go onto the internet weeb hole section, of, you'll find a lot of people calling her the best girl of best girls. So it's a great show. Um, but I was wondering about it that there was never really a second season. And I had found out that basically, instead of doing a second season, they made a movie. And the movie kind of finishes up the manga and kind of ties up the loose ends of the story. Um, and I, you know, so I put it on over the weekend. I thought it was going to be fun, and I was not prepared for this. It was emotionally devastating. Uh, I like cried like twice during that movie. Um, so check out the regular series if you end up liking these characters. It'll make you want to see the movie. But fuck, was that movie a gut punch? Um, but in a lighter news, and Mike, this is what I'm really here to recommend you this week. Uh, I've, I've mentioned the rom-com has really become my genre in anime and I found the best one. It is, it's the best one. It is called Hore Mia. Um, it is a contraction of the two characters name, Hori-san to Mirozumi-kun. Um, it's about a couple, um, and it's an anime, but if this was a rom-com in any medium, it would be perfect. Um, for an anime, I know this is something that bothers Mark. The characters are drawn with realistic proportions. There's not the kind of overly accentuated. Wait, that does eye. not bother me. That's the thing that's the, the, that's the thing I like. <laughs> I thought you get I thought you get a little put off by the comically gigantic boobs of women at times. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, like, if they're proportioned correctly, I like that. You said the opposite. No, that's what I'm saying. Unlike how you dislike, it's they're drawn with a very realistic scale. Okay, good. Um, so it 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 in in sense the art style reminds me of some of like the better movies like Weathering with You and uh, things like that. But what I like about it is one, the pacing is not stupid slow. You get your handhold at the end of episode one. You get your confession by like episode two or three. Um, but what's really refreshing about it are the characters. Everyone is likable. Even, you get the trope of you think this guy is going to be the bully jerk because he has the same love interest, but he gets over his jealousy. And then one thing you don't see in a lot of these things is you get the you have the romantic will they, won't they, but then you see the male friendships where they support each other. You see the fe- the girl and girl friendships where they support each other. One is very insecure about her looks. You see her more popular friend trying to lift her up. Like It's just a, such a wholesome show where it makes you feel good. Like it's truly all the characters on the show are really good. Um, it's seven episodes in, but I just kept seeing clips of it. I just kept seeing people I know who watch anime post things here and there and everything I saw I liked. And then next thing I knew I binged all seven episodes straight. Like it just was really happy, positive watching. And there's not a lot of feel good these days. And it's just really what it made me feel like. I remember Mark, when you mentioned like, I think it was a uh, queer eye, you just watch episodes and you said it just makes you feel nice at the end of it, you know? And that's really the feeling I got from this show is just, there's no, there's no crazy t- plot twist here. There's no sci-fi hook. The The big problems and dra- dramatic points of the episode are real minor things. But if you've had a crush, if you've had a fight with someone, if you've had a misunderstanding, it's just very real. And it's amazing to me how real the moments they capture are. So uh, I was just super enamored by the show and like one shotted it as fast as I could. Still ongoing, but um, Horamiya again is the name. Uh, if if you have any taste for this genre, I, I don't see how you couldn't like it. Nice, right on, Marcus. What do you got this week? Yeah, not much on the video game front. It's been kind of slow and continues to be so. But I actually did end up watching um, a decent amount of shows on our streaming devices. Um, one of the ones I forgot to mention last week that I watched was I think you should leave, which is like kind of a sketch comedy short season on Netflix. I think it's only six episodes and the episodes are only 15 minutes long. I enjoyed it. It, you know, it wasn't like the best sketch comedy show I've ever seen, but there were some funny bits in it. And like I said, 15 minutes for six episodes, like they kind of clip along at a nice pace. So it's very easy to binge and stream the show that I kind of got, I, I want to say roped into, but I was just like, you know, I have this weird curiosity to check this out. Because I might like it because I actually do like Kevin James, even though I'm not like such a big fan that I watch all of his stuff. But I kept seeing the advertisements for his new Netflix show called The Crew. And I also have no affinity or, you know, interest in NASCAR. Um, But I was just like, you know what? I love King of Queens. I could do with some more of that. And that's very much the style of the show. It is very late 90s, early 2000s sitcom uh, where at this point it. I do find it off-putting any sitcom that has a laugh track in it. And the first episode does make it a little difficult to watch just because I'm so not used to those. The laugh track just breaking the kind of momentum in scenes because, you know, like, oh, we're going to tell a joke. There's going to be three seconds of laughter. We're all going to stand around until that ends and then get on with the scene, which is kind of off-putting. But I don't know. There's There's a weird charm to that show that I did appreciate. I did watch the whole season, and I enjoyed it. And I think... You know, as the season went on, I did get more involved or more interested in like the storylines that were going on. Um, but it, it's a hard recommend, right? Like you have to be a fan of like those old style sitcoms um, 
and it very much plays on a lot of those tropes that they do. So something that I personally enjoyed a bit, but not like a super strong recommendation. Yeah, my uh, friend Phil watched. He ran through all of it. He said. Yeah, I think that's. He said it was. He said it was. He said it was fine. He says it was just you know. On I and think like, okay. I feel about that show kind of how you described. Um, you guys described Cobra Cry at first. It was like I kind of like it, but it's just like it's an easy thing to kind of like it bleeds into the next episode. Like oh, I'll give it. An, I'll watch another one. I'll watch another one before you know it. You're you're somewhat engaged, and you know you finish off the season. So I did enjoy my time with that one. And then the one show that I was kind of surprised, one that it came out, two that I don't think anyone else watched yet. And I didn't really hear too much about it until I think it was like earlier last week. I think IGN just had a random clip of the Young Rock show. And I was like, oh, this is a thing. They're oh, I was hoping show. somebody watched this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it very and even though I didn't watch what was Chris Rock did, it was like Young <laughs> his show wasn't called yeah, Young Rock. That was too, a was really it? good show. Straight up. Everybody hates Chris. Everyone hates Chris. I watched that whole thing. I didn't thing. watch <laughs> much of that, but it kind of reminded me of that. The premise of the show is kind of fucking ridiculous. Where it's in the future, so it's in 2030 and Rock's running for president. Hell he's, yeah. He's sitting down with uh the guy from WandaVision, the cop that we all like, who's fucking fantastic. I can't remember his name. He's also in Veep. He's the the, the uh, Asian soldier guy. Daniel uh, Randall Park or something. Oh. Yeah, Randall Park. And I think he's playing himself because he mentioned a couple times, like, well, I used to be an actor and now I'm an interviewer. And it's just like, that premise <laughs> is fucking weird. But like, and the whole premise of the show is like, he's doing this interview and The Rock's like, well, I'm going to tell you all about how I grew up and how I'm just like everyone else for his run on, uh, for becoming the president. So it, it is an ongoing show. I think it's on NBC. I caught it on Hulu. Um, so I've only There's seen one. There's a Macho one. Man. There's Not, an Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we haven't got to Macho Man yet, but it basically... And that first episode, it really ran through his youth very quickly. Like he was a kid in one scene and they he meets up like he's with his dad and they go meet Andre the Giant and a bunch of these other Samoan wrestlers. And it's an interesting show. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I think in and of itself, The Rock as, as just a person is very interesting and intriguing. Um, and I think they do a good job of capturing that and capturing his like his time in high school when he was poor. And then it jumps. I mean, in that one episode, it goes from. Him being like seven or eight watching his dad wrestle to him being in high school where he's poor and he's like stealing clothes to try to like fit in and stuff to him being in college, going to the University of Miami um, and his dad like setting him up. And that, that was all in the first episode. So it's going to be interesting to see how quickly they uh, advance into him going into pro wrestling and stuff. But I, I enjoyed the show. I thought it was fun. I definitely will look forward to watching more episodes. Um, I, I like Marcus. Somebody said they're like the Rock is using this uh, TV show as a focus group to see if it should really run for president. Maybe, it's, <laughs> and he's kind of whitewashing the whole everything from his past. I'm like, wasn't Rocky Johnson kind of a drunk? Like, what are we doing here? Like, <laughs> yeah, they didn't really. I mean, at least not yet. I, really I, I don't think. I don't think. It's I don't think they will. It's, it's a very family no. friendly yeah. show, so I don't think they'll get into. A I lot think it's the model of that other. They did that other show, right? Young Sheldon, which is all for family. It's like I a family don't know show if it's too, the right? same people. I wouldn't be surprised, but. Well, I mean, I, I, I saw a couple clips of it. I'm like, this just seems like a show for families to watch. Together. Yeah, like it, I got it, was, it. You know, it was fun and wholesome and entertaining in its own right, and I'll continue to watch it because it's, it's another thing to watch. But I, I did enjoy it. So yeah, there was a couple shows there that I was surprised it was on Hulu because I think it's a CBS show, and I kind of assume CBS is going to throw it on paramount oh yeah i thought it might have been nbc i don't know but maybe i don't I, seem like they're doing the next, the next day kind of I, assumed, thing or I kind of assumed uh because young sheldon is cbs maybe i assumed that it was going to be cbs again um you guys see they're bringing back punky brewster by the way just putting that out there no i did not <laughs> oh it's gonna no. be on peacock did you see they're bringing back clone high 
No, I think I heard Are about they? that. Well, Clone High is getting rebooted. Um, yeah, I just I, I heard about that recently. So I, th- I, I thought you, that might have been on your guys. Same, I mean, is everybody still around? Can we just get the same cast together? What's everybody up to? Like, <laughs> yeah, I don't remember who was behind the voices on any. Wasn't Seth Meyers Lincoln? Am I imagining this, or is that somebody else Lincoln? I, I I don't think I knew who they were at the time that it was actually running. But did you um, ever watch this show, Mike Clone High? I did not. Okay, so Abe Lincoln was Will Forte. Go- Joan of Arc was Nicole Sullivan, who's from um, Matt TV, the blonde. She was on Scrubs too, if you remember her. Um, Michael McDonald, also Matt TV, Gandhi. Uh, Cleopatra was, um, I think, uh, who's Krista Miller? Oh, um, Jordan from Scrubs. Mike, it's a real easy sell. It's uh, a bunch of, as you could have might have guessed, a bunch of historical figures were cloned, and now they're all growing up in the modern day going to high school together. So Cleopatra is like the popular girl at the school, you know? Um, it's just fun. It's fun. Little yeah, it's, it, for these figures. it's Phil Lord and, uh, Chris Miller though. They did like 21 jump street, 22 jump street. They produced, uh, they made Lego movie. They did into the spider verse, you know, that's all them. So it's nice that I, I didn't know they, oh, they came up from that clone. Eye was out at the same time as the other show. Mark, uh, Mark and I like though, did not last very long. Not as celebrated. I don't think three South, three South. And it's, uh, six episodes, maybe total. Yeah, very much a cult <laughs> classic, but, uh, yeah, it doesn't get mentioned. <laughs> I don't think it ever made it to any streaming thing or anything like no, that. No, I remember I had them all downloaded, and I had them for the longest time. I might still have some of those episodes. I just remember that just that show had to, the, the kid was in history class in college, and the professor asked, why did the Soviet Union break up? And the guy goes, because uh, their drummer died? That was... <laughs> well, then the best part is, like, everyone laughs. Oh, my God. Everyone laughs, and the class ends. He's like, oh, shit, I was just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> Three South, man. What's, what's MTV even playing South, these days? Good. Ridiculousness. Get Three South back. Yeah. They don't play music anyway. Um, all right. I just want to say, I know we're going to talk about WandaVision at the end. Are we? Is it eight episodes, ten episodes? What are we getting I think it's here? nine. So we have a couple nine. more left, I think. Okay. We got to put a, a pin in the fact that I want to talk about that song at the end because that was awesome. All right? We can talk about <laughs> it off air because, yeah, the oh, last episode was fantastic. Because let me tell you, as someone who loves Catherine Hahn. That was, and I sent, uh, I don't think I sent Steph on the meme yet. I'll send it to you afterwards. But people who are uh, watching WandaVision, that was great. There was an after credit scene, by the way. Mid-credit, I did not know that. Mid-credit. I, I, it's like I never stick credit. around for the credits. Yeah, yeah, I never stick around with the credits for that show. Which, by the way, is a problem. I told Mark this problem I have with Disney+. Plus, Where the show ends, but there's like 11 minutes of credits, right? So I just leave. And then when I come back to Disney+, Plus, they're like, Oh, I want to continue WandaVision. It's like, oh, resume this episode. I'm like, no, this episode is done, Disney. I need to go to the next episode. Yeah, that was me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, the um, interface isn't that great, Bobby. You have to go to the credits, fast forward it to the end, so it'll automatically start the next episode. Yeah, I, I, I'll do. I'll literally be like, okay, let me just hit the. Let me just go to the very end of this thing where they start telling me the fucking, you know, the, the subtitle isn't, team isn't great. It's not easy to just pick up on the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um. All right, guys, bring me back next week. Um, we're gonna see if uh, I guess Gane or Biggie Boy is the next one in the top, mm-hmm. probably top five if they aren't already. Um, really, we're gonna see if we're gonna we're uh, who if we're gonna have a double champion. We're gonna we're gonna pick if we have a double champion or not. We got Biggie. We got um, Izzy Adesanya challenging for the light heavyweight championship in in uh, ten days, eleven days. Um, taking on Jan Blachowicz, Polish power himself. Co-main event: Amanda Nunes, Meg- uh, Megan Anderson. 
I'm going to say I'm okay with Amanda not being main event this time just because it's champion versus champion. Because I'm still not happy Amanda wasn't champion, wasn't main event last time. Fair. And then the title fight, um, I might be most interested in this one. Peter Yan, Aljamain Sterling. Mm-hmm. Um, Stefan's put it as Aljo is the uncrowned champion because Jose Aldo jacked that title shot from him, basically. Because he was literally ranked both above both the guys. <laughs> it was one him. and two. They were one and two. And then they're like, how about two versus five? We're like, the fuck? What did one do wrong here? <laughs> um, Islam Makachev, Drew Dober. Nobody wants to fight Islam Makachev. He's really the only other Dagestani guy people are talking about. Alexander Rakic, Thiago Santos. Seems like insurance in case Idi Izzy Adesanya or Jan Blockowitz have issues that week. Some light heavyweight insurance. Dominic Cruz versus Casey Kenny. Nobody knows who Casey Kenny is. Um, Song Yadong fighting somebody without a Wikipedia page. The UFC really wants Song Yadong to happen. They really do. Okay? <laughs> They're really hoping it does. Uh, and Joseph Benavidez versus Askar Askarov. Isn't that the guy with the... Who got kicked out of Abu Dhabi? Or was that? They did, that wasn't that I heard. Thing? I don't know if it's the same person. But they did bring him back. So. They like reconsidered that shit or something. Oh, oh, they did. You know, right. wag of the finger yeah. to the parents. Like, how are you just gonna <laughs> name your son like eighty percent of your last name? You know, that's yeah. That's a that's a real commitment. Yeah, that's, that's a move. You question there. Um, I think there's two of them actually. Maybe this is their brother. But yeah, they brought that guy back, right? They said. Mm-hmm. So whatever was in that bag wasn't the drug deal we all hoped it was. I think. Or they cut the UFC on the profits of the drug deal. One or the other. Um, all right. Um, yeah, I'll be back next week to talk about this banger of a pay-per-view card. And uh, until then, I was Dr. Law. That was Kid Presentable. That was Lavender Gooms. And that was DJ Mark. Thank you all so much for listening. Uh, mask up. Get the vaccine. Be safe. All that fun stuff. Peace out. See ya.